0: Welcome to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel powered by Inside Texas. We're back at it again with a special signing day live stream. Texas locked up 20 plus high school signees in portal entrance uh, to inform Matthew Golden uh, and Andrew Makuba. A big day for the Horns, number five in the on three team rankings. And guys, as we'll discuss in a little bit, they could add some more. But Eric, this is always a fun day where it's six to six and going a little longer than that. But Texas uh, did a lot of great things in the recruiting sphere today and uh, got got better as a result.
1: Yeah, it's uh, well, six to six. I actually got out of bed at eight, uh, Joe. I was a little late, but that's because I was up at 345 after I saw that Wilt Fong article uh, saying that Missouri was moving back in on Ryan Wingo. So I got up early and wrote something to try to dispel the, uh, the, the curiosity there or the, or the, the concern. Felt good about Texas uh, landing Wingo. They were able to hold on, but overall, you know, it went according to plan. Even Aaron Hampton wasn't a surprise. Anybody that was on the live stream last night would have uh, caught wind that we were feeling like that that flip was going to happen. Uh, but overall, you know, everything else went according to plan. It's another it's another top five class, third in a row for Texas, and that's how you stay back and remain back. You know, they're they're getting beyond where they they rebuild. They're going to start reloading with each class. Uh, if it addressed every need, there's not a glaring hole within the in the class unless they miss on Ty Anthony Smith, which we'll get to. I don't think they will. Uh, but this this class is going to address all the needs that that we were talking about last spring. Uh, job well done once again.
0: And Justin, uh, speaking of sleeping in, you and I did not do that. We were up at five forty-five in the morning getting this going. Uh, but as far as sleeping in goes, somebody did uh, <laughs> kind of cause some consternation among. Longhorn fans. But uh, in the end, Ty Anthony Smith wakes up uh, and signs his letter of intent with the, or excuse me, uh, Ryan Wingo wakes up and signs his letter of intent with the Longhorns. And uh, this is a recruitment you covered basically coast to coast, mile per mile. You went up to St. Louis, you interacted with Ryan Wingo, you interacted with um, his dad, his entire family, his high school coach, and you had this one covered the whole way, including from
2: all the way up to today. Yeah. And Joe, we get a little partial credit on that, too, because you and I were talking about this on the phone at midnight last night because of the of the article. And I just it was one of those things. Do I call him now? Do I wait till early in the morning? How do we want to approach this? And then, of course, uh, getting to catch up with his father. That was the best part of it all. You know, he said, man, he's still asleep. So he's living the dream. Essentially, he's every other teenager. Uh, from what I understand, on the inside Texas board, come see us, come hang out. Uh, Ryan, Ryan was always going to Texas, especially when he made his decision. What a couple months ago, you know, everything's been aligned for that guy. He's he's the number one guy coming in to be Arch Manning's you know target in the next couple of years. Um, it, it was funny because. You know, there was a lot of schools that went in kind of late on Ryan. Louisville went in late. A&M tried to go in late. But, you know, for whatever reason, the Missouri note is the one that got posted. Uh, But (laughs) apparently it was for not in that at the end of the day, this kid wants to go to Texas and he's going to be in Austin in a matter of weeks. And so any any of that flip talk this morning was 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 kind of silly. And I do I, I give credit to the kid. He got to sleep till noon like a real one. You know, I think
1: anybody that's been around athletes shouldn't be surprised about an athlete sleeping in. I mean, those guys are incredibly selfish when it comes to their time. Uh, They usually often work on their own clock and, you know, getting up, rolling out of the rack, getting a sandwich. Once you're already late for work, you might as well go get breakfast. You know, that was always my mantra. And I see one of my old bosses is watching this from about 15 years ago. So now he's wondering why when I was late, I was really late. Now he has that answer. If you're going to be late, be late, you know, make it make it count. Uh, but I think he already had it built in his head. He was going to Texas, whose quarterback was going to be, like Justin said. You start to envision yourself in a place like Austin, uh, and it's hard to backtrack to to Columbia, Missouri. So I was not very worried. It was fun. Hey, we got a lot of clicks. Thank you. Thank you, Steve Wiltfong, for all the clicks today. But, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about it. It was entertaining. Page four of that thread is going to stick with me for a long time. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, – uh gnashing wailing and gnashing of teeth on that but you know it wasn't worried about that a lot of people asking about Aaron Hampton we got plenty to talk about on that one too
0: exactly there's going to be a lot of time to go over uh everything today from uh National Signing Day well, I'm wondering if in within that thread Joe you were talking about a post from uh in you know it's, it's this it's this oh no we're panicking and, and it's inside Texas staying consistent as it always has uh, with, with the Wingo recruitment, even with any sort of Missouri overture. But uh, one, of the big th- one of the big things we're here to uh, talk about right now is Ty Anthony Smith, a Jasper linebacker who uh, is set to make a decision in just over uh, 20 minutes or so. Um, been a Texas A&M commit since about June. Texas wanted to get him on campus in June, but I think he went to USC, Texas A&M, a couple others instead. It kind of and maybe Oklahoma. It uh, came down to USC and A and M for for Smith, and he eventually committed to the Aggies. But as we saw kind of last year, and as we t- talked about on this channel a lot, and over on Inside Texas a lot, Texas was hanging around the rim and, and not you know parting ways. Back in June, they they stayed with them and uh, put themselves in a in a position to maybe pull off the the flip of a aggie linebacker for the second year in a row haven't they justin
2: hey he's been consistent since i've known him for a little over a year he wants to play on an elite defense that's the thing he always left me with the the times i got to see him and talk to him and especially the last time when we covered him when inside texas covered him uh, a couple weeks uh, three or four weeks ago in the playoffs uh, over in palestine when they played waco connelly and kobe black Uh, he wants to play an elite defense well that AM group that looked elite when he committed doesn't look as elite now or in the future. He maybe doesn't envision that. I think he sees more of that in Texas, to be honest with you. And plus, he did like the new hire and Mike Elko, but when they didn't keep Elijah Robinson, and that was very unlikely that they were going to anyway, and he gets the DC job at Syracuse. And then Durkin, he was really, really close to, to DJ Durkin as well. I, I think. Just one plus two plus all these other data points added up to Texas has been more consistent than anybody. I asked him, who else has been pushing you besides, you know, A&M trying to keep you? He said, really? It's just Texas. They they stayed the course. And it goes along with Sark's long game approach. He plays it as good as anybody. You know, the no pressure tactic, do what you need. But – but pushes the buttons at the right time. Ty Anthony wants to play with a great team. I think he likes the idea of being an only linebacker in this class. I know Anthony Hill's been assisting with the recruiting and and helping out in that regard. And so hopefully the Horns get some even better news and add to an already number four ranked class in the 2024 cycle.
0: Eric, with with how this class looks and how the last class looked, uh, depending on what you want to call Jelani McDonald, three, maybe four, linebackers were in that 2023 class they still haven't added any yet to this 2024 class is that kind of number split fine if, if the Longhorns do pull off the flip getting that amount maybe four or five over the course of two years at that linebacker position
1: yeah when that when that class was signed they thought they had five linebackers you know McDonald, Leonga Lafau, Anthony Hill, uh, Jelani McDonald and Darian Gillette uh, but there's so much versatility within that group that that they could sell it to recruits in different ways. Darian Gillette might have been an edge when they got him. and uh, You know, he was probably destined for edge until he got Colin Simmons. Colin Simmons was able to keep him at linebacker for another year. Jelani McDonald started started at star, but that was more to learn uh, coverages, uh, coverage techniques in uh, and, and the passing defense. Uh, but he's probably going he's probably going to get a look at safety. And I'm not sure he's ever going to grow into a linebacker. And then you got Anthony Hill is going to be a linebacker for life. Leonga Lafau is going to be a linebacker for life. Osamaje Burrell is also who I forgot. Uh, he's a linebacker for sure too. So really, they took through three true linebackers and a couple of versatile players. Um, yeah, now only if you only get one, you've got to get a good one, a guy that's got versatility. And uh, and Ty Anthony has that. If they can get him signed or signed in the next hour or so, uh, he could play Will or he could play. or He's probably going to grow into a Mike. I liken him to Jalen Ford long term, uh, but he might be even more athletic than Jalen. Uh, So, you know, if if you're going to only go with one, you got to get a good one. If they get Ty Anthony, that
0: that counts, and then they'll probably take three in the next class. Got to give a shout-out to Harry Orange Wookiee for the Super Chat. Every day is a good day to be a Longhorn, but National Signing Day is one of the best. We missed on one recruit, 95% on the day. What a great day. We'll get to that one recruit for sure later. We've seen a lot of- coaches.
1: That's one for the archives. That's our first ever super chat. You know, like when a business frames their first dollar in the donut shop, they always frame the first dollar behind them. That, that's when we need to put on the wall. So thank you, Harry. Hopefully you're a Texas
0: subscriber. Print that out real quick. But yeah, we'll get to the, uh, we'll get to Aaron Hampton and all the different storylines that went on uh, today. Uh, Justin, with with talking to Smith and and talking to people in his circle, what were some of the things that you think drew him uh, to being
2: interested in Texas after being all maroon for basically almost six months? He kept he kept that 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 relationship and it kind of shows you the effect of Texas because it was with Jeff Choate who's going to be heading to Nevada. You hope he doesn't take him with him at some point. You know, Jeff Chote, you got to give the guy a, a ton of credit. The linebacker class he signed last year, that was, that was legendary. And now he's going to be able to try to get this guy in Austin while he's going to take another job in three weeks, four weeks, guys, that's uh it was Jeff Chote that relationship. It was Steve Sarkeesian in the, in the, the foundation. I think that they had built, it was some of those players, Anthony Hill, I think of in the last month has been, has been more in his ear than it than ever. And again, he always wanted to play with an elite defense. He always wanted to be around guys that that he just felt like he loved the way Texas developed their guys this year. He noticed that with Hill. He noticed that with some of their with some of their younger guys that got to play early. And so I, I go back to it. He just wants to play with a lot of elite guys on that side of the ball. I think he envisioned that at AM over the last year or two because he had been. Like you said, maroon for the longest. It was USC at first, but then we realized he wasn't going to Southern California, and it wound up being A&M. And, 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 and that was, was funny because, you know, they, that was the best fit. From his region, that was almost considered norm. You know, and Jasper, Sillsby, the, the tip of that go, of golden triangle, that's exactly where you, you, you would think A&M kids would go. Ty Anthony right now, you know, I think Texas allure of just all those little things. Plus the new staff at A&M, he just doesn't know those guys. I think he actually has a better relationship with the Texas coaches.
0: And there's a good chat uh, comment from Sonny V. I want to talk about Guess AM cratering in front of his eyes may have helped too. Yeah. When you're going 500 and back to back over the course of two seasons, that's going to you know affect your look. But there was a question Steve Sarkeesian took today, um, and it was basically, you know, in 2021 and 2022, you had to try to overcome all these different negative recruiting. Eric, you call them headwinds all the time. Now they're tailwinds. And I'm wondering if this class and some of the effects of seeing guys like Anthony Hill go from kind of situational player to a true linebacker, especially – how it affects this recruitment. Seeing someone like Michael Taff, who yeah. was, you know, a, a very good high school player, but under or lightly recruited, go into a starter on a playoff team at this point. Uh, someone, you know, you, you have so many different examples. Baron Sorrell went from someone who barely saw the field to a regular at Jack. Um, even the stars, Alfred Collins and and Byron Murphy and, and Tavandre Sweat, they're, they were good. But they got better and better. And I wonder if some of those, oh, nobody develops at Texas, all these great classes, uh, they don't win anything. I wonder if that's become kind of the opposite now for Texas and that they're showing development and a lot more players than maybe they would have gotten in previous years are open to it.
1: Yeah, they've had time to, uh, to build relationships with these guys at the same time that they're showing proof of concepts at nearly every position. And you know it's uh, the wind is at their back right now. Uh, you got the wins, you've got guys going to the NFL. Uh, probably what, eight or nine going to the draft next year. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to recruit at Texas right now than it was in that 2022 class.
0: Justin, what are some of the different things that you've seen as far as, you know, I, I know we've asked about this a lot, but I think it's kind of worth repeating the similarities, any between this, this recruitment with Texas pushing for a linebacker flip and uh, the Anthony Hill recruitment. Uh, Texas pushing for a big A and m linebacker flip last year and pulling it off.
2: Yeah, I mean on the surface they're there they're very similar. Same position, you know, obviously Anthony a little bit bigger, highly a little bit more highly ranked obviously, but on the surface, yeah, it's it's very similar, very, but they're unique. Both of them have their own stories. Both of them had their own backgrounds. The one thing that I think was really in common was, even though the guy committed when he did, the kids committed to him when they did. Texas never relented, and to me, I think that's kind of the consistent theme there. They play Sart plays the long game as good as anybody in college football. We used to worry about it a couple of years ago. We didn't know if that's without the car sales push, if it was going to be a, be be useful he's he's definitely answered those questions and so for for a guy like ty anthony he sees anthony hill playing as a freshman he sees him you know doing incredible against alabama playing well in in big games on big stage so he knows a there's an opportunity and b anthony saw the same thing last year that sunny scene anthony saw a and m not kind of go the way they thought they were going to go and then it started to turn it started to grow in his head it took him a about three or four months to really figure it out, but once it started, that that seed was planted. It he was he was going to bail, and and we might find out here in the next few minutes, minutes if Ty Anthony has a similar uh, garden.
0: There's one thing I kind of wanted to to look at and and see uh, just from looking at the A and M offer list, and that doesn't always define a true head to head. Um, it, it, it used to in some of our uh, commitment stories, but you know there aren't really true head-to-heads. But I think still looking and seeing some of the Texas commits now, Texas signees that A&M offered, and seeing that for the it, it feels like to me to the most part, Texas got the big ones that they wanted out of that list. Uh, Jarrett Gibson uh, was one. Freddie Debose had an A&M offer, and I know the. Injury probably threw that off. Parker Livingstone had an a and offer. Um, A&M threw out a lot of offers. That also seemed to be part of the, the rationale for them. But it, it, this is just a uh, – it seems like after a while of it being kind of 50-50 and having it, its ebbs and flows, Texas is starting to get into a position, especially now that Jimbo Fisher got fired – to where there's pitches stronger and, and, you know, head-to-head battles, maybe not what you call must-win recruitments, Eric, but in big head-to-head battles, they got the advantage, even in Aggie, very uh, very uh proud Aggie places like Jasper.
1: Yeah, it's not going to stop either because, you know, I think Mike Elko is a good coach, and I think he'll, he'll put together a good staff, but he's not putting together – I don't think he's going to have a dynamic recruiting staff, so they're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting through NIL, uh, which they've proven the ability to do in the past, but they're not going to – they're not going to hit the ground running. He's going to have more of a, a coach first uh, personnel group, uh, coaching staff. And I think they're going to have a lot of trouble getting traction in the early going in this next uh, in this next class. You know, Texas is winning. They're looking nationally. Three recruits in They're uh, all from the southeast. Uh, you know, Texas is going to be able to pick who they want for the most part in this next class, while AM is going to struggle to get traction. I think they're going to have to go pretty heavy in state over quality players, but maybe guys that Texas isn't really going after. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how they approach it.
0: If Texas is able to do this, you like him at that, which position? I mean, they're they're very interchangeable in this in this defensive peak Pete Kwitkowski's defense, but which one do you kind of see him at more? You saw him, I think, a little bit more as a Jalen Ford type, right?
1: That's definitely going to be the long-term, uh, Mike, but I think earlier before he puts on a lot of weight, you could see a guy like DeMarvin Overshone survive there at, at being a little bit more spindly. Um, I think he's going to start off there. He's got the athleticism for it. He can get after the passer. Um, you know, but I think long term is going to end up weighing 230 plus. And, he's, you know, he's got he's a very easy dropper in coverage, very comfortable in coverage. I think he fits it perfectly. He does remind me a lot of Jalen Ford.
0: And then looking at some of the other guys that you mentioned, uh, who is he probably competing with? Leona LaFouille for 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 sure. Yeah,
1: it's going to it's, it's going to depend on what they do with Anthony Hill. There's a chance I think Justin and I both are there's a chance that Anthony Hill will transition to Mike. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the case, then you've got Will wide open or dime, as they call it. And, um, you know, we've got a number of bodies that you could try there. You know, they really like Leonga LaFalle. He's more of a Mike to me. Um, maybe Samaje gets a look there. Darian Galette would fit. Uh, David Bennett if he comes back, would sit there. But Maurice Blackwell would probably be the leader in the, in the clubhouse to start, given his experience and, and overall athleticism.
0: Justin, at a certain point, this kind of looked like it might have been a zero linebacker class but what do you think was the point where Texas and Steve Sarkeesian kind of made the choice where, Hey, it's gotta be at least a, a one linebacker class.
2: I think it was the availability. I think it was the long play with Justin Williams and Ty Anthony Smith, probably their two top priority linebackers in this cycle. You know, they were, they were close to Justin Williams up till, you know, up to a few weeks ago. If, if Glenn Schumann wouldn't have knocked that recruitment out of the park, I think Texas would have had a a pretty good chance to finish more than second place in in that regard. They're just looking for the best players. Hey, you don't pass up guys like Ty Anthony Smith. With that athleticism, that wingspan, that ability to be versatile and play different spots, it's hard to find a linebacker that can cover. And if you do, you get them, no matter if you took five the cycle before and you take five in the next. Ty Anthony Smith would almost be in that best player available. If this guy's you know, on the hook. Go ahead and grab him. You're you're in, you're in the business of building this roster from the bottom up. Ty Anthony Smith adds to that roster build, and so regardless of the linebacker takes, I, I think they were in a good position where they didn't necessarily have to. So they could cherry pick a little bit. They could play the long game a little bit longer. And with Ty Anthony, it looks like it might pay off at the end. We got a few minutes
0: until the uh, we're we're waiting on the decision. Don't know exactly. How it's going to come down yet so uh, we can uh, touch on a couple of questions too broke to pay attention how are we feeling about smith i hope you're not too broke to head to inside texas got one dollar for one month or 50 percent off an annual subscription like eric said earlier he pointed to some info that uh, we received and um, make sure you go check that out we've got a national signing day sale for y'all to take advantage of and uh, i i think you can you can do that one um, we got, there's a, a handful of players who it kind of seems like may go to February at this point. Uh, if it comes down to Texas and LSU for McKinley, who are you leaning to right now? Eric, that's a tough one. And you're talking about, uh, very important players from Louisiana, from Lafayette, not too far from Baton Rouge. But this one seems like it's got some ways to go as far as, you know, just visits in homes, things like that, who really pushes uh, for the current A&M commit. Yeah, just to
1: answer that last question, I mean, we just spent 15 minutes talking about Ty Anthony Smith. So, but, you know, that's a good indicator of how we feel on that one. Um, Don McKinley, nothing new on him from last night. Last night we said 50-50, Texas LSU. I do think A&M is going to try to stay in the fight. Uh, that one's too tough to handicap. You know, if, uh, if academics matter, you're going to give Texas the heavy favorite. Uh, if proximity and, um, and, you know, the size of the town, I think they feel a m- little more comfortable in a smaller environment Then LSU is going to have an advantage. And, you know, who knows, man, maybe Elijah, Elijah Robinson will, will, uh, will, will push the uh, mix of academics. Syracuse is okay in that regard and, and a smaller environment. And that'd be pretty funny. If, uh, that might be my second favorite outcome is if you ended up at Syracuse just to see the uh, Aggie Uh But I think, you know, that we're going to have to do a lot of homework on that. There's going to be, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of recruitments to cover, um, in February, so you're going to see every little morsel of information is going to be propagated out there. The, the little things will be turned into big things. I kind of feel bad for the McKinleys because they're not—they don't really want that spotlight. Uh, it's going to be a tough one to handicap at the end, I imagine. Uh, right now, I'd just say 50-50 Texas uh, and LSU. Uh, you know, they're going to want their pound of flesh after uh, getting their pants pulled down on on Colin Simmons.
0: Justin, there was some news today about Daylon Evans from Longview Pine Tree. He's an A&M commit. Uh, Here's a question. Better player, Dom or or Dalen Evans? More likely we get both or neither from what I've read. Evans wants Texas. Evans' public comments as an A&M commit were uh, mighty strange, uh, very burnt orange tinted. Uh, There was a lot of different reports about what he might do today, what he might not do today, uh, but nothing really happened. Uh, Where do you see Texas in, in Evans, at least at this point? And
2: then what do you think about more likely both or neither? Texas has stayed in, involved with Evans. Blake Gideon has stayed in touch with, with Evans throughout. Um, and, you know, for the most part, he's either been solid to A&M or he'd been flirting with Florida for a long time, until about midway through the season. He, he was flirting with – there was, a, there was a, a thought he was going to flip to Florida, uh, I think, earlier in the year. Um, I'm not surprised because he's a jumbo athlete. And, and they're at the stage now where they've got a couple spots. Why not add – so some guys that can play at the next level on the D line. You know, to me, Evans is a guy that he might be have as much upside on the offense as he does on the defense. He's a really good athlete. He was actually a better basketball player for the first few years in high school than he was football. But he's really filled out his frame. Um, that one is going to be a roller coaster. You're just going to have to check and refresh it inside Texas on a regular basis because that kid changes his mind a lot. And so you want to be prepared. If you're going to follow that recruitment, you're just going to have to be prepared for the bumps with that one. Um, he had mentioned possibly taking a visit to Texas if he goes into February. And then we heard today that he, he may go ahead and, and try to, to sign in that first window there. Uh, I had one guy tell me he thought it was A&M. I had another tell me that, that Texas looked good. So it's, 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 the crazy part at the end of the early national signing period, essentially, uh, all hands on deck. It, it, it's it's nobody's poker face anymore. It, it's all in or all out. Let's finish strong. They love that number four class, but if they can add a couple dudes like a Dalen Evans, they're going to McKinley. Like Eric said, it's probably going go to go to February. I think Tennessee is one to watch in that as well. He has mentioned a couple times about taking a visit there, and, and we know how they they work with McDonald's with their Happy Meals. And so at the end of the day, I, you know Texas could get both it could get neither but it's the end of oh. it's the end of the first day of, of early national signing so it, it's always going to be a little crazy and wacky the, the number of
1: d line for interior d line has always been four so i anticipate they'll take one and i wouldn't forget alex foster alex foster is
2: probably the Whoa, guy I, I think foster's better than both
1: yeah i would take alex foster if i could uh if i was the texas staff i know he's not as well known to the recruit nicks uh the stargazers will want uh mckinley or evans uh but give me alex foster on the longer curve and a very high upside i think he's got a pretty good floor long frame uh can play a couple different positions very unique in that way um, so don't forget about alex foster that's another one to watch in in february but i think they're going to end up with one of the three i just don't know which one for sure yet
0: there's another question i like about a guy who has signed with texas or maybe even a comment man i've been watching tape on uh the inside offensive lineman uh, cruz He's an absolute monster, pancakes for days. He is fun to watch. Uh, I think it's always a smart idea to get a true center take, and that is exactly what he offers. If you watch his film, there's a lot of guard. He played some tackle for Richland a little bit, uh, but his coaches moved him into the interior, right in the middle of the line, and um, he may not be the immediate successor for Jake Majors. There's definitely going to be some other uh, you know, competition, maybe in the form of Connor Robertson, maybe in the form of, Hudson, but it's it's always a good thing to have just a picture perfect fit. And if you all remember he had that shirt after the uh, the oh, junior boy. day, said said I'm horny.
1: So I'm gonna kick my butt if I to come home with that shirt.
2: Hey, oh, somebody man. made a killing on that selling that shirt. Somebody yeah. made some money. Oh, yeah. But, but you know,
1: on Cruz, um, Cruz has tackle feet. He's got an, uh, a guard body. So he's going to be able to anchor. Uh, he's not going to get pushed around. And then he's got center intelligence and, and quickness, ability to get to the second level. Uh, he's really a, a perfect, perfectly made um, center. You know, Kyle Flood prioritized them very early, was always going to get him. They were not going to let him get away. Uh, passed on, uh, passed on Justin's guy, Casey Poe out there. Um, but. You know, I think uh, I think he's going to be a three four year starter, you know, redshirt him and then and then let him
2: compete. He's tough, too. That's the thing. If you watch his, his film. It's he has a D line mentality disposition. Eric, like picked all these parts perfectly. And I, I wanted just to interject, hey, he's got like, the disposition like a DJ Campbell. Those yeah. are guys you don't want to fist fight. Yeah. Daniel Cruz fits in that category. He's a working man,
0: too. Uh, Let's see what's another good one. Uh, Ooh, I like this one. We can talk about this. The Billboards Texas putting in the signed recruits' hometown is next level. Um, On3 had a good story about that today. It was all over the country, too, Uh, whether it was in Missouri, in in Houston, in the Cypress area I saw for Trey Owens. Uh, There's some in Florida, some just all over uh, Arizona. 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 And I thought that was a great touch. I know there were some comments like, oh, this is happening all the time, but – there's a level of there's a personal touch that Steve Sarkeesian and staff seem to do a, a really good job of, of adding in these situations. And this is just another example. They, they don't seem where we've heard of official visits where some details are forgotten and not every official visit is perfect. And I think even Steve Sarkeesian talking today about, hey, sometimes we, we miss on on the guys we bring in shows that this is not an exact science, Uh, but this is something that I feel like helps builds your, builds the brand builds goodwill among those. And it probably helps keep guys around if they're ever thinking about that. Maybe it's not the reason, but it's a reason why Texas is starting to be seen as a little bit of a place where people can go and and
2: succeed and not just on the field, but off it as well. Right, Justin. It's marketing one-on-one. You've got a good product. Put it on, put it on blast. Let everybody know about it. That's exactly what they're doing. Uh, I, I think it's a great idea. Like we, we've seen a few other schools do it as well. I think LSU, Central Florida, uh, we, we've seen Oregon do it a, a number of times. But to me, it's just Texas has, it, you know, Sark a couple of years ago had to sell the vision. But now the the vision, they, they, they're seeing that the development, the the, the conference championship, the Big 12, the, the college football playoff berth. They see that stuff. And you've got to maximize that. And in a social media age, and that's kind of the era we're in right now, I feel like that's that's kind of a big factor. You've got to market yourself. You've got to be big on all those outlets and and platforms. Mm -hmm. And if you can put a billboard up for each one of the guys that for that day they signed, that's something, one, they'll never forget. And, two, you're going to see a few kids down the road see that and notice it. Maybe, maybe you get a little kickback there as well. I just think it's Texas Marketing 101. It's Chris Del Conte. It's Steve Sarkeesian. It's all those guys aligned on, hey, Texas, this is big time. Let's make sure and remind everybody. We are anxiously awaiting
0: uh, the decision at this point of Ty Anthony Smith set to decide at some point in Jasper here in the, Jasper here in the next few minutes. We'll try real quickly to get to this super chat. Does Texas get another wide receiver transfer and 2024 recruit? Who do y'all like? They um Justin, I need your help. The the kid from, from Calabasas who they've talked Aaron, to. That's Aaron they've, Butler. They've Aaron talked Butler to him. at least, but from the way Steve Sarkeesian uh spoke today. Maybe both, but it, it, is it is it a one or the other situation? Would they go after Butler, or are they waiting on somebody else from the portal? What do you think happens at
2: wide receiver? And thank you, Freelance Society, for that one. I, I think it's definitely one or the other. It could be both. Uh, you know, Aaron, Aaron, uh, with Aaron Hampton's decommitment, you've got Butler sitting there waiting in the wings, and, and he's a pretty special athlete as well. And so, and, and he's a guy that I think they look more as a receiver than they did Hampton. Hampton was more in the, in the DB category. Butler's more in the receiver category. They like what he does with the ball in space. So I think that that they would love to add another one if it's the right guy. And for the, for the transfer portal, I'm telling you, there's just a sense, you know, getting Matthew Golden's big, but you know, there's going to be another guy potentially leaving in Adnan Mitchell, you know, that's yet to be known, but I just feel like if if a really big time guy pops in there, somebody they really like or somebody they known that was going to go in there for a while, I could see him doing both, but it's going to be at least one, in my opinion. I expect them to get a wide receiver out of the portal, somebody that's not in there. I, you know, am not
1: reporting that it's going to happen for a fact, but I think that's by far the most likely. I think that's probably more likely than taking a high school wide receiver. Uh, but then at high school, you know, you've got Terry Bussey too. Uh, Justin, it's a good time to have a East Texas correspondent over there with uh, Dylan Evans and uh, Terry Bussey. I, th- I think his recruitment's going to going to fire up a little bit more. At least, uh, at least we'll have a little bit more to report on that. I, I still don't think he'll end up at Texas, but I think they're going to they're going to take their shot there. Uh, but I'm more concerned about portal because that's going to be a guy that helps next year, and, and next year has a potential to be very good if a lot of the players come back that we think are going to come back.
0: Glad you mentioned Bussey because this one from uh, Jr. Great insight on inside Texas today we Go after Terry Busty. What position do you see him playing at the next level? He's kind of been thought to be receiver ish. Would he be a high school receiver for this class, or how, Eric? How do you see that one going with that recruitment? Because it doesn't seem like he's going to sign today, uh, but he's LSU LSU anyway. got yeah. LSU's gotten more talk than AM of late.
1: Well, I think Justin reported, uh, in late spring or maybe yeah, around June or May, um that Texas was starting to recruit him as a wide receiver. And I, I think, obviously, with the needs on the roster, that's that would definitely be the case. The loss of Aaron Hampton, is he was more of a DB. Uh, but I, I think they're kind of a similar athlete and they could play either side of the ball. I think he fits as, as far as the slot, not the exact fit. Uh, I think Terry Buston makes a lot of sense in that regard. But I see him more as a wide receiver uh, than as a defensive player. And I imagine if the Texas staff moves on him, given the defensive back class they signed today, they probably
2: see him as a wide receiver as well. And don't forget, Bussy's a, a 10-4 kid, 10-5, and Hampton's an 11-3. So they're not that similar, but they, they are close in, 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 in that positional regard. I think that, that gap in speed should be very much known.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's something that, uh, you know, we know it. Um, and we heard that from some Texas sources, too. Bussy's just got a lot more firepower when it comes to, uh, you know, when
0: it comes to Jets. Um, we got some, speaking of, we might as well try and touch on Hampton while we uh, await – Ty Anthony Smith making his decision. That was something we heard where we've been asked a, a pretty good amount about today. We talked about that both on this live stream um, and earlier in the morning on, on Inside Texas about Hampton and it just not seeing seeming very likely uh, as the day went on. And of course we saw uh, that the, the Longhorns lost that commitment to Alabama and Nick Saban. And, and Justin, you've talked a lot about uh, Nick Saban in East Texas, and this just seems like another one where the, the effort and the allure uh, of Nick Saban in Alabama really spoke to Hampton
2: enough to to switch things up. I don't know what it is. I mean, I do know what it is, but man, <laughs> Nick Saban is <laughs> thinking out of here. Yeah, yeah, come on, E. I mean,
1: what, Joe, Joe's trying to report on a on a reality that doesn't exist anymore. Alabama was more aggressive than Texas, and Texas was fine with him going. That's all there is to it. And he, you know, here's the funny thing about it is, you know, Alabama was very aggressive to to get him in for a position that Texas didn't even see him fitting at. So exactly, uh, there's a very big difference in evaluations here, and there's a de- very big difference in the amount of uh, uh, emphasis that that Alabama put on the uh, recruitment and Texas did late. So that's all, you know, the, the team that wanted him more got him, and and I think that's the way it should be.
0: Eric, this question, Ricardo V, is would Butler be a replacement for? It, they wouldn't be because obviously Texas viewed Hampton as a as no, a defensive back. A,
1: it doesn't have to be a perfect fit. What they have is an open slot that they didn't, they weren't sure that they were going to have. So now they get to do whatever they want with it. So he would fit as a replacement from a, a scholarship allocation standpoint, uh, but not from a fit on the field. Butler would play wide receiver. Hampton they liked more at at defensive back. But I don't think you know I don't get the sense, and it's not to dog on the kid. I just don't get the sense that the normally when you have an athlete, um, you know the position coaches are going to fight over him. And I don't get the sense that, you know, that was the case with Hampton and that's why they didn't really prioritize them like Alabama did. Uh, and now they're looking at Aaron Butler more as a cleaner wide receiver fit. But, and also, you know, Terry Bussey, but again, I think it's going to be priorities more going to be portal, uh, but they're still going to work on Butler and Bussey. Both those guys can
0: run. I like this question from Terry, Evan Stewart update would think Quinn would like that one since they work out together. Again, we posted something last night on Evan Stewart just doesn't seem like it's in the cards and, We've seen those pictures of the that old passing session. Justin, you talked about it. Uh, but at this point, uh, not something that we're anticipating. Could change, of course, but not something we yeah. seem to be anticipating right now based on inside Texas reporting.
2: Definitely could change. Definitely could change. I like this guy's name over here, Justin Wales. I that's like that. Close. that hey, that's
0: pretty- but Just
1: going forward, those uh, Evan Stewart questions are going to have to come with a super chat. That's the new board rule, brand new rule. I oh, just well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't a fan of super chats, but if I, yeah, yeah,
2: it, man, oh my lord, I <laughs> until just, you I figured out what they were, yeah. and then you're like, all right, no,
1: like, the right. <laughs> Wales is a good name, That's that was good. Good. Evan, good, Evan. Name. Yeah,
2: yeah, we got to move on from Evan. I know it's a sexy name, I know the passing and all that. I just, we that scenario doesn't look like it's gonna happen. Do you know if there's a stream for the annu- Smith announcement? I think we were looking for that earlier. Uh, Did we ever find that? Because we put an update at InsideTexas.com. Be sure and check us out. Come hang out. It's a great time. I
1: can't. Yeah, I didn't find one. But, you know, those things take up so much of our time. I think, you know, I lost a year of my life
2: watching Walker Little's uh, video uh, back in the day. Who was the uh, one man. yesterday that we had to we we almost had what, like 35 minutes on one yesterday? Oh Emory Winston, the kid out yeah, of Calhoun. So I, I just
1: kind of wait to see what Twitter does, and then I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I, mean, I love the stories. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's a it's time consuming, man. This isn't
2: Netflix. Yeah. Joe Cook and Justin Wales are doing it a little differently in the back. <laughs> oh man.
0: Laces out Mike. He's a member over Inside Texas. Joe Cook looks like Jordan Spieth with more hair, but I do like this one. It's on his Instagram uh, that I'm trying to track down. I saw don't, just details of it, but I didn't know he was going live.
2: And uh, IG that. handles are a lot different than Twitter handles. They are, it's almost like science trying to figure out where and what. There's not a good algorithm there like there is on Twitter to help you find those guys. All right. So we got what? It's on IG.
1: I mean, somebody's going to let us know. One of the laces out, Mike is going to let us know in the, in the. Yeah, uh, somebody just,
2: just just tell us when to press publish. No,
1: nah, well, we well, we got to make sure we can trust them. We can trust laces out as a as – No. Says right. all right. I'm looking at. It. it. Says the event
0: starts at six thirty. He'll sign a little later than that. Once he goes live, we'll know what's up. So, uh, we're waiting on uh, We're waiting on that one right now. Texas sports unfiltered, big friends of ours, almost 500 people here and only 71 likes guys, please like the video helps us do a lot on this channel. We are just Absolutely. starting out and we're growing as fast as I've seen any other channel ever grow. So help us out get us the like, and it'll uh, help us bring a better product to you uh, as basically on a, on a daily basis, Larry, the GM, which I think is uh, kind of relevant here. The Longhorns project to have 15 defensive backs on the roster in sixteen, if Ryan Watts returns, I didn't think about that. I, that is a, a lot of defensive backs, but they go five positions.
2: That's three at each position, essentially. Well, yeah, One. but
1: I mean, they're they're
0: not going to have five sixteen
1: in in January. And that's you know a lot of those guys. I mean, a get, couple
2: safeties. Yeah, crawford has yeah, yeah.
1: gone. Uh, Jaron Thompson might might look to go elsewhere. I mean, there's you know there's going to be more competition that might push somebody else out. So that number it's accurate right now, but it's not going to be accurate a month from now.
0: Here's a kind of an interesting big picture question. Um, How is the 12 game playoff going to affect recruiting in the portal next year? Well, I think it's going to make December even more busy. You're going to have coaches that take Texas, for instance, let's say they need to have three positions where they need to get a portal player. So they're recruiting guys in the portal, maybe the week of or after the SEC championship game while they're getting ready for an opponent while they're doing in homes and stuff like that. So it's probably going to make, I feel like it would probably make coaches a little bit more deliberate in the portal and stick to their guns and their evaluations in in high school and try to get those guys across the finish line without issue. Uh, But it all just speaks to what Steve Sarkeesian kind of talked about today, a very, very hectic schedule that all these coaches have to go through how do y'all see the Justin? How do you see the twelve game playoff affecting recruiting? It I don't know how much it will. It may give more kids the idea that oh, I can go to a playoff team and I can help them out. But um, yeah. you know, I'm not sure exactly
2: how that's going to work, especially when we move into an era of a
0: big two almost.
2: Yeah, you know it, it. It wasn't the infrastructure wasn't built that well, and so they're kind of it feels like they're kind of slapping it up as they go trying to patch it together uh, the kind of the way they do Um, it's all crumbled up together essentially. But, you know, you said something about maybe this pushes teams to recruit more in high school and develop with the era we're in now where coaches have to win almost immediately, even in the first year, fan bases are wanting some sort of results they're going to continue to pound the portal. They're going to continue to feel like the guy that's been at a college for two years successfully or on is still going to be a, a better sell or a, a better, a better shot at playing and doing what they need than a high school guy, two years undeveloped. And so even with less bad habits, so I feel like the portal would might, it, it's going to be, it's, it's going to continue to grow. It's, it's, it's college football free agency essentially, but with the 12 game playoff, you're going to have more of a sales pitch. Hey, you can get more of these teams in, um, I'm I'm of the impression more is not always better. I kind of like the four where they're at. Then again, I kind of like the BCS. I kind of like the way it was the way it, it worked out for the most part, aside from 2008. Um, it, it's going to be funny. I think there's going to be some. There has to be some adjustments over the next year. There's some some identifying some different dates and when things open and when things close post spring. You know, during the summer, doing during that June. That's such a grind with official visits. Uh, and then at the end of the year, you want to finish recruiting strong and you're worried about the playoff. Hey, give Sark and those guys a lot of credit. They've had to handle that balance, which is unique to, to this staff and, and for us, especially uh, in 2023. I think Sark kind of spoke to that today
0: and wanted a, a summer signing period. Uh, yeah, for- that, was, it's, that
1: should always been the case. So that was years ago. Those guys take their official visit in June uh, or July. Uh, yeah, June even in May, late May sometimes, and then they can't they can't sign until December. That's stupid. That's always been the case. Then the problem comes, well, what if this coach leaves or that coach leaves? Well, I mean, the thing has to be binding. They can't just get out if a position coach leaves. Right. Uh, that's part of the deal. I mean, it, it, it's got to bind both ways. Um, there's too much freedom for players right now, I think, but that's one thing that's, that's ridiculous. A lot of those guys make those decisions when they want to so they can enjoy their senior season. Uh, there definitely needs to be an early signing period. I agree with that.
0: Another thing about that is, uh, you know, you you think of the senior evals Think of the guys like moro ojimo and and that type of thing they become a more precious commodity almost because they're they're the only commodity that these coaches have access to i wonder if that you know if you sign in the summer that creates a a a bigger lead up for tampering uh but that's a you know we're already in that era right now it's always going to be an issue (laughs) but i wonder if that makes the uh you know if it what what that does to the senior. Yeah.
1: You would see a frenzy like we're going to see for Dylan Evans and Dominic McKinley and Alex Foster for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that, 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 that's going to boost the stock of some guys that are good players. that will have the, the market's going to be treating them like they're great players because of scarcity. Uh, But that's fine too. If you want to wait, you know, there's some risk with that. You could get injured, uh, but you you can just not be sure. If you're not sure, then take as long as you want.
2: That feels like a last girl at the bar scenario. Hmm. Yeah, but you'd also don't want to walk out at seven because
1: you don't know who's going to walk in at seven oh one.
2: Amen. So uh, looks like
0: the ceremony has started. Uh, does not look like Ty Anthony is asleep right now. We're tracking that one. Looks like. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: there any hat science to observe?
0: Ooh, it is a tough one to tell. I'm trying to. Uh, I can't see. It's a little blurry we have to right guess. now.
2: Who the other schools are? He oh, loved okay. USC for a while. LSU tried to shake the tree a little bit.
1: I think this uh, chat's going go, to go over if you just started now.
2: Joey Joey McGuire may have paid him to put his hat on the table for them.
1: If they start showing Pee Wee highlights, we've got at least twenty two more minutes.
0: Oh God! Don't look. I don't see a screen down there, so I think we're
2: uh, we're. He's sure. not a hat guy. Then again, I've seen some hat hat stuff going on this year that I didn't anticipate either. So. While we're talking about this, what are some memorable announcements? I know Brian Newsom. <laughs> that's the most painful thing I've seen in this yeah. job. In you and I life.
0: have talked about some 2016 recruitments a lot, just because of all the the volume that that popped up on that day. That was um, fun. That was a good one. Uh, Alfred
2: Collins was a fun one because I think he released balloons. It was right before COVID. So A. Be- uh, Robinson. They brought in a uh, a mascot, a um, big elephant, you know, for Alabama, and it was the creepiest looking thing you have ever seen. Its eyes yeah. were like bloodshot red, and it's just standing back in the corner as this big Joker is signing.
1: I, Tyler uh, King says Chris Warren. Chris Warren was going to flip that coin until he got the right answer. <laughs> oh, I forgot about
2: that.
0: There've been some. There've been some great ones. There's been some.
2: Pretty quiet. That, that, that newsome thing took like 17 minutes.
0: Yeah. This like, is a good one. The
2: real ones remember oh, this Oh, If you're over at Inside
0: Texas, this was one of the best threads. Imagine people from all over the country just watching New Orleans local news on a Sunday night.
1: Waiting for him to announce. He, he announced very late, so we're going through the weather. It was,
2: it was at the sports segment of the news channel, right?
1: Yeah, but we, we had to go through all of it, the weather.
2: Right, uh, and they were having
0: red storms.
2: Oh man, Guys, was, the, it looks like the decision
0: has been made. I think that's a burnt orange hat. It's definitely not maroon.
1: All right, there it is. No surprise. Not yep, many there he is. Ty Anthony Smith commits to Texas. Really good all-around prospect. Uh, could play. Both linebacker spots has a lot of growth potential. Can drop into coverage. Can really cover every part of the field that you'd ask a linebacker to cover. So, very good get for uh for Texas. And you know what? Shout out to Jeff Choate who uh, put in work for this even after nice. he was it was known that he was going off to Nevada. Uh, Choate's got him in a good good spot with linebackers in the next uh, class. Uh, Justin's covered a couple of those guys. So Jeff Choate going out on a high note. Maybe he'll go out with a ring as well. Um, but man, good day for Texas. That that that's a that's a good legacy for Cho to leave behind with a guy that's gonna got a lot of frame potential, a lot of athletic upside, a lot of versatility, and a guy who's who's seen who's seen as a good fit for that linebacker room. So very good get. And of course, it was a flip of the Aggie too. So I mean, that makes it a little bit more sweet.
2: Justin, what do you got on this one? Just just him and Justin Williams were the two best linebackers I got to watch this year in person, and Ty Anthony was the quintessential sideline to sideline. I mean, he hammered Conley in, in, in that event and it was just Eric nailed it. The guy's got all the tools and he's got the body to add tons of tons of uh, tons of muscle mass. Uh, I think it's a steal. I really do. I, I think he's un- he's actually underrated. We were talking about this last night. Yeah, Some of done. those evaluations that we feel like they should be a little bit higher rated or, or, or a little bit more um, note know, know, known about. Dude, Ty Anthony Smith. Grady Val. Yeah. What people see is they think linebacker. What they don't know is the dude also played some running back, and he played some wildcat. He had a game the last season against Silsby where they lost in overtime. That dude put everything he owned on that field that night. He almost played every single play of the game. It was an unbelievable uh, thing. I got to talk to his head coach at the, at, at the state championships a, a few days ago. He just, he just said he turned a corner. And so I think Ty Anthony is an exceptional kid. Early enrollee, I mean Texas. They didn't need to get a, a linebacker, but when you can cherry pick, get you a cherry.
1: Yeah, he, you know he can find the he can find the running back. There's a lot of linebackers that we've seen in recent years. Yes. that are really going to find the ball carrier. And you know, Harold
2: Perkins.
1: They Ooh. went up against uh, they went up against Belleville in the playoffs, my alma mater. And Belleville runs the wing T, which is a lot of misdirection, uh, all run game. And uh, my friends that were at the game came away talking about uh, Ty Anthony as much as they talked about the win over Jasper. So. Uh, they thought he had about twenty tackles. So you know, if you can find the ball carrier in the run game and move about the field like he does, you've got very, very high upside. and and, as Justin said, and we discussed last night, he's very underrated.
0: This one's a uh, it's always nice to watch a little shot and fraud break, shot and Freud break the the longhorns direction. Uh, always and it, it's just always fun. It makes for some uh, good screenshots that pop up and some funny uh, takes for some maroon boards. We as uh, our good buddy. Uh, Burt Reynolds Jr. shows Sark already knew. I think he had to have a good idea, if not for sure. No, this one was you know, AM tried to keep it and they tried to make sure he didn't make it to campus, but uh, I think Texas had a good idea after a certain point. Yeah,
1: Texas, Texas right? felt Texas felt good last night. Uh, we're you know always a little bit on edge. I mean, you're always on edge until the guy signs, it doesn't matter who yes. it is. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> they, felt, they felt a lot more confident today, so yeah, yeah, they knew for sure
0: see. Does he have to have a security detail to get to Austin? That's, uh, I don't think, I think once, once he gets, I think he just needs a car. I don't think those horses are going to catch him uh, going out of town. Dax Kelm, does he sign tonight? I think he uh, posted on his Instagram story that uh, he wanted to be signing. He's after. already, it's official, Joe. He, he posted it perfect. Well, there you go. He's in the class. Uh, is AM dropping out of the top 25? Probably. I think they're uh, they're struggling. Uh, and remember like Tom Herman's what his transition class was 17, 18, like something like that. I know uh, Steve Sarkeesian kind of had the benefit You remember their their
2: hashtag?
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> Say no, we'll keep it
1: we'll keep it uh who was who was, was Tom Herman's first commit? Do you guys remember that? Uh the Carter. running back.
0: Nope, no, Florida
1: Rodale Carter. No, no, kicker. no, it was the kicker. Yeah, it was a rando kicker out of the portal. <laughs> it
2: was Josh Rowland. That's why uh, I
0: said, Oh no. He
2: ended I don't up even remember, I remember that. Too. Oh, Rowland. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, now I remember. I thought it was Tony Carter. Dead it.
1: Well, I don't think AM's not gonna drop out of the top 25, are they? I mean that, that seems it's signing days over. Where are they at right now?
2: They just added the the uh the they Williams lose, wide receiver yeah, out of Florida, yeah,
1: too. They could lose, lose Bussy and McKinley, so and Dylan Evans. Wow, maybe they
0: will Whew. Whew. rough time. We run the state. Those were the days. A lot of people on the We run the state wagon right there.
1: uh, You know, they thought that was going to last forever. And what what fans always think, and it bothers me about Texas fans too, they thought Texas was going to be down forever just because they're on a bad cycle. So you got to remember, don't get too high, too low, but definitely enjoy moments like this.
0: Gosh, this is a great follow up. The state of confusion. (laughs) Oh, man. So a big addition to the Longhorns. Let me make sure that. Uh, I don't know if they've factored him into the team rankings. I know Miami had jumped Texas because they added a couple five stars at at Florida's expense. Um, so Texas, I think, is still going to end up with a top five class. Uh, but it's it, it, maybe Ty Anthony changes that up, and of course, we still got a whole another uh, month of recruiting and signing day to go. Uh, so Ty Anthony Smith makes his decision. I'm trying to think of. Uh, what else you gotta like
2: it when you lose Hampton and you stay at the four spot. Yeah. That's a good sign.
0: For
1: those of you that want uh, more information on each recruit, Joe did a, Joe did like a a postcard on each of the, each of the signees today. So if there's a guy that you have some questions about, go uh, to the front page of inside Texas and scroll around. Uh, You'll find information on each of the uh, commits. It's free content. Uh, Check it out. If you have any questions.
0: I think uh, I got one on Ty Anthony ready to go that I'll get going as soon as I can. Uh, the Aggies run this state much as the big 12 runs through Lubbock. And we both know that it doesn't seem to, to run that way.
1: They should put, they should put the, uh, the Ty Anthony billboard in
0: college station, not, not Jasper. You want, you want more people to see it. Uh, so we touched on this earlier and in deeper insight on Hampton, just want to make sure if you're joining, you didn't miss it. Alabama put a little bit more emphasis on him and, uh, Gave him the, what he wanted to hear. Uh, being a wide receiver, Texas wanted them at defensive that, back.
1: Texas didn't fight back in that one. Uh, you no. know, they just said, "Okay, go go for it. We'll use the spot somewhere else." So they'll they'll well, look at here. They, or, or they didn't throw their hands
2: in. back at all. They just took it.
1: Yeah, yeah. They'll, Here's so, good you know, a good Spot for them. The to kid pursue. had decommitted three times. Yeah. They they always knew that when they took him back, there's a chance that he would commit again, or there was a chance they would cut him loose if they felt the need to. So
0: 3 No, thank you. This is a good one. Over under on the dry cleaning bill for the pants pissers on the Ryan Wingo thread. That was a fun one over on Inside Texas. where uh, Over. <laughs> whatever number you have, it's definitely going to be uh, over. Uh, here's a good one. Uh, we kind of talked about this last night with a close like this and strong footing. They have nationally in 2025. What's y'all's guess on the class ranking for the next class, guys? I mean, top five. I think I think we've kind of seen that that's where these (laughs) live at this point. Uh, You know, and this is you have to think about this class a little bit uh, in relation to quarterback. Trey uh, Trey Owens is a very good quarterback, but he's not a five star. And that five star, that upper echelon guy, at least when you're doing the math that really helps and they didn't have that in this class and they still manage to sign a class that's top five could it even end up a little bit higher let's see what yeah, else we yeah, got. Top five. yeah, yeah. Have,
1: it's probably a, a top three class uh if i had to guess but you know it all depends on you know what other teams are doing there's external factors to account for not just internal uh but yeah i mean they're in the playoffs they've got a chance to win a national championship uh you know things are going well you've got you got a stability at quarterback on the, on the roster, which means they're gonna they're built to win for a while. Good culture, plenty of skill, talent, plenty of big bodies. I mean, they're gonna win for a while. So, I think people are gonna start noticing that Texas is for real, and Texas has uh is a, on a sustainable trajectory.
0: I like this one, Justin Wales bringing in again. Seventy three percent of the class are early enrollees. Sixteen. Yeah, and it, it could be – I think it's one more now. with 17. You, yeah, was,
2: yeah, it's 17. It's 17.
1: me and so, – sorry, Anthony. I think
2: Sark is identifying kids that are going to enroll early. I know it, it was a trend before. To me, it's become more of the standard, more of the norm. I think they want those self-motivated those yeah. kids that, that, that are hyper-focused to get on campus, to learn a little bit earlier. And I know for a fact, if you play quarterback for Sark, I, I, I doubt he'll ever take one that's not an early enrollee.
1: No, no doubt about it. Yeah, there's a selection bias. That kid's telling you that yeah. he's motivated and wants to get to college. He's going to do the right things to ensure that happens. And so, yeah, that, it's, uh, it's definitely becoming more of a norm.
0: The other thing is, is that it just – I'm glad Sark – I asked Sark about this today, um, and he just spoke about you learn how to do things just on campus, how to be a college student. You learn yep. how to lift in, in Tory Becton's program. Yep. You learn the playbook and a benefit, at least to the program that I guess I hadn't thought about, but that made sense. What Sark brought it up is that usually in the spring, you're kind of looking at like what, 60 something guys. You're waiting on that class to show up. Uh, you're not at full strength. You may have, you know, guys healthy, but just sheer numbers don't allow you to do everything. And, That's changing with this many guys who are going to get a lot of different reps, a lot of opportunities, and that helps the rest of the team maybe be able to take some, put the practices in the form of stuff that looks like a fall practice almost instead of having to to change for a spring practice. And, yeah, 16 of our best in the 2024 class are early enrollees. Uh, Like Justin mentioned, the quarterbacks uh, are an early enrollee. Um, I think another one that we talked about a little bit, Is Christian Clark is enrolling early, and there's something notable about that. Not only that he's going to be in that running back room, but I can't. I think one of y'all may have mentioned that it's really difficult to enroll early if you go to high school in Arizona. Like there's something strange about their restrictions, and I know John Robinson didn't enroll early uh, because he wanted to. I remember he told us he wanted to do speed training uh yeah. and, and continue his you know time at, at south point but christian clark being able to enroll early as an arizona high school student i think is is pretty impressive
1: it probably has something to do with them not observing daylight savings time i travel through arizona a lot and we never know what freaking time it is between uh central and going to the west coast it's it's a, it's a quirky state uh but i don't know man he's got that's that's the ideal guy that you want getting uh on campus early, he hasn't had a lot of volume as a as a running back in uh, in high school. He's been been uh, sharing the load. Um, Any time that you can get uh, with with Tishar, Tishar Choice uh, in a stacked running back, that's a huge benefit benefit to him. He's setting his career on the right trajectory.
0: Buddy, pal, Chief, big guy, one dollar for each commit. Switched to IT from Orange OB and two four seven a couple of years ago, and y'all continue to be the best. Thank you so much. We appreciate this. We appreciate your membership on Inside Texas. Yeah. If you join Buddy Pal Chief, Big Guy, head to Inside Texas and get one dollar, can get you a month's worth of access. Get you get you across the playoff, uh, get you into the next you know month of recruiting as we head to the second signing day. Uh, and, or you could join for 50% off an, an annual membership. So uh, join Buddy Pal Chief big guy over there. Thank you so much for that. I like this comment. The main pipelines for recruits prepare the guys to be more mature and come in early. And Sawyer W followed that up with um, IMG Academy. And that's, you know, the big national example. But if you look at some of these powerhouses or just successful programs within the state of Texas, you're pumping out guys who know how to win. There's a winning culture. We talk about that all the time and how important it is at Texas. But it holds true in high school that there are guys driving each other to win. And I think you see that in the form of, you know, you look at Colin Simmons and you look at Alex January. Uh, those are the the obvious ones, but I think it also uh, permeates. I mean, look at somebody like Freddie DuBose. That's a guy from a program at Smithson Valley who made it all the way to state. Jonte Cook going back to the last class at DeSoto, Byron Murphy.
1: The last Murphy. class was loaded with them. Derek Williams won a state championship. Malik Muhammad won two state championships. Billy Waller. They, they were all over the place. Um, yeah, they,
0: successful.
1: Culture's going in the right direction. Grant Harris over there. Uh, well, Grant, you, you had your opportunity. You should have gone to Santana Wilson. Uh, his announcement, or or Christian Clark shot some video for us. You, you know, we would have posted it for you. Uh, but we'll be in touch, Grant. That's a good idea because they, they are going to continue recruiting
0: Arizona. Eric Davis, Justin also talked about he Flip with Landon. Right now, once we're done with this video, make sure you go and check out Justin talking with Landon. We posted a video on the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to this channel. Like this video, like that video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, We're going to have a lot of different stuff on all these different recruits, and, of course, as the playoff gets really into full swing. And the portal tomorrow as well. We're going to have a little bit of a focus on that. Another good question from Justin Wales. Did you all notice that Sark called Baker a left tackle? In today's presser think that's legit or just p- coach speak he didn't just call him that no he said that he saw kelvin banks yeah. when he was watching him and i think that that could be something down the line but it may not be where uh he I'm starts watching. his career. very similar frame,
1: very I, watched similar, frame. I, watched senior, I watched the senior film today and that guy is technically sound i mean he's 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 advanced uh um, he's a wall man yeah, he could play he could play early uh i think obviously he's gonna have cam williams on the right side but He's not going to play. He's not going to sit more than a year. Uh, you know, year at most. He is technically refined. Uh, Texas has some good options at tackle. He's a, that was a very very big get, and it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up at left tackle after watching what I watched today.
0: Do you think there's a more opportunity at modern modern day going forward, Justin? I think you know some of the guys who uh, have been part of that crew that Texas is recruiting right now. Uh, just being able to go after that big time program and. Um, you know, guys, it's like what Marcus Harris, Jordan Davidson, are there some guys out there that yeah, Sean Scott, guy, continue to Peyton Wyatt,
2: with? yeah. Listen, we we we've noted we've noted it a few times at Inside Texas. Come hang out with us, guys. I'm serious; it's a great time. We've noted it that Sark's going into these big programs, like he's opening pipelines to places that are full of talent, and it only makes sense when you know he's from you know gets so many California roots. To, to be able to do that with modern day, you've got a Jordan Davison, which him and Tashar Choice have headed off. And, and Texas has a pretty substantial lead in that recruitment. He should be on campus in late January for junior day. You've got Marcus Harris, one of the top receivers on the big board and also one of the I think he's probably in the 10 to 15 ranked range. Uh, the last time I saw him. But that guy is, is a really good receiver. He's got it's almost like a speedy Sloan Thomas. Uh, he's aggressive. Towards the ball, um, and then they've got Sean Scott at edge. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And then Owen oh, Shannon. Shannon, Spencer's little brother, uh, is an up and comer at tight uh, end. Texas is watching him a little bit too, and so it just shows you Sark going into big places and getting big kids. Going into Duncanville was kind of unheard of before. Now it's the norm. Going into DeSoto, South Oak Cliff, that wasn't the that wasn't normal. Uh, up until a, a couple of years ago. Now they're doing it pretty frequent. And then being able to go to modern day, been able to go to, to all these different places down to Fort Lauderdale at St. Thomas Aquinas to, to, to grabbing kids from Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida. Sark is global. This Joker is nationwide. And I think that's why, you know, you get a Baker, you get a Shannon and now you get a couple more in modern day. And all of a sudden uh, Texas is a brand again is a big brand.
0: What's the uh, statute of limitations on comparisons? Because we got to be at two decades when we're going Sloan Thomas at this point, right? Well, I was thinking about that today.
1: Uh, yeah, it's tough because um, you don't know. You know, your readership might not get it. Uh, so, that, yeah, it's that's a tough one. Irvin uh, Antonio asked if Ty Anthony is an early enrollee. Yes, sir, he is. Yeah. There was he had he did not have the ability to push it back to February. That ended up being a good thing for Texas. Yeah, yeah, done deal. That's a wrap.
0: I like this one. How many kids did we get from IMG before Sark? Like one in 10 years prior, there was a hey, and hey, hey,
1: anyway. Anyway. Yeah, that's it. and hey, you know, hey, that's it. Yeah, Tom Herman called him the best high school linebacker he'd seen, and I could not believe it. Because I i had been saying the guy was stuck in mud. It was not going to work out at linebacker. And so when Tom said that, it was, so you know the coach, blah, blah, blah. That was wild. Uh, but, yeah, now they've got IMG. Um, they're going to all these places. And the good thing about IMG, modern day, DeSoto, Duncanville is the – those schools aggregate the talent for you. You're not having to drive all over Florida. You're not having to drive all over Southern California. You go to Southern California, you go to to modern day. Those kids are from all over Southern California. They aggregate the talent. You go recruit them and pick them up.
0: He looked like a bodybuilder and not a football player. That's true. He was, he was stiff. And uh, he almost, almost, he was almost on a Mike Stoops
2: and, and Alex Grinch's defense instead. But, Texas was That was those. a close recruitment. That was a fun – that was an interesting recruitment to cover. His brother's connection to Todd Orlando, I think, clinched it, if I don't – if I remember correctly. Hey, when you can connect Utah
0: State and, and Texas recruiting, you gotta, you got to take every – Yeah, I got to mention Todd Orlando. So, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm glad uh he brought this up. Recruiting is so fun now, bringing up the Christmas Giles the, the situation reminds me of how good – we have it now. Oh, that's one of the all-time great threads over at Inside Texas uh, where you can join us. One dollar will get you one month of access. And guys, I, I don't know if I've ever told you all this. I tried to call that station and get them to send me a tape of that newscast <laughs> just so I could hold on to it. And just oh because there was so many different things going on, you know, they're talking about uh, Man, it, 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 it shows what we were entertained by. Back then we we liked good to great-ish defensive tackles now we're talking about five stars and that
1: was the, I mean I, I bump that thread you know once a year I go read it and every year I find myself laughing at the same exact point so I haven't changed it so oh man that was funny oh man let's see Todd Orlando makes me think of 30-17.
0: Like we said, those days. Zero blitz. Playing kill me.
1: Position. He was playing guys out of position left and right. He never found somebody who didn't want to play out of position. That was It was criminal.
0: You can kill me.
2: 30-17. I think this is a
0: good one to, to end it on. What are the top three in-state pipelines Texas needs to better develop? You can't really include Duncanville. I don't no, think in this one. It, it's, it's developed. It's great. At this point, you're you're in contention for all of their top players. I'm trying to think of some
2: of the other ones. Have I come it's, into East Texas and not let Nick Saban more often than not. Not in this last case, but in more often than not, don't let Nick Saban come into East Texas. They need no. to develop recruitment better in this region.
1: North, North Shore is definitely one that they could probably do a better job in. But um, I mean, they, they've also done okay there. It's it just kind of depends on if they really want a
0: guy there or not. Yeah, I think one that Eric, you may uh agree with this one is just kind of that north everywhere north of the Hardy Toll Road. Uh yeah. there's a lot of talent in on Um Creek, Creek, Summer Creek, Summer Creek, Creek, Summer Creek uh, um,
2: going C- all the way up to C- King, C- King has some talent. I like the Westlake pop pipeline. I think it's good to get a couple of those guys when you can. I really do. I think it's good for camaraderie, and I think it's good for just the whole bunch there.
1: We're gonna have to get Justin Wales on the show, man. I mean, he's if
2: the he's, dude he's, is as is saying stuff like it's a like it's a sock account of me. Like yeah. I'm thinking, man, I would just I was just thinking that he's gonna man, I was thinking out. that too.
1: Hey, we're hiring right now, so maybe maybe we'll give it a shot. So yeah, all right, guys. I've gotta yeah. get I've gotta figure out what my wife's Christmas list looks like and how I can somehow get this in the next couple of days Christmas. My, my that's hilarious. Day. I know I didn't it's really stuck up on me. Well, yeah. let's go ahead and uh ahead.
0: get out of here and get starting on our shopping so guys thank you so much for joining thank you for watching this video had a lot of fun over the last hour got to talk about a live commit a bunch of different things from national signing day uh it's been awesome we learned about justin wales which yeah that's going to stick with me for a while so (laughs) make sure you like this video subscribe to the channel of course head to inside texas where you can get all the best inside scoop uh we will be just covering everything from portal to playoff over the next couple of weeks. It's been a real hectic time, but I don't think we've had more fun covering a, a team this good uh, than, you know, we were having a lot more fun covering a team this good than we would if uh, the circumstances were a little bit different. So Justin, Eric, anything else? Nope. I'm good, man. I got a Christmas shop. Texas winning makes this a lot easier. <laughs> I'm with y'all. So, thank you all for watching. We will see y'all next time on the On Texas or Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. And make sure you go and watch Landon and Justin's video on Inside Texas Football talking about Ty Anthony Smith flipping to the Longhorns. We'll see you next time.